You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a brand that you've probably heard of. And if you haven't, you've probably never been on social media in the last five years in Charlotte. But we are here with the founders of 704 Shop. I know Scott and I and everybody in our business have loved this brand, have loved not only what they do, but but their commitment to our community and really the creative reach that they've had. So we're here with Scott Wooten, Jerry Shepard, and Chris Moxley. Let's tell you a little bit about 704 Shop if you haven't heard of them. Now, are you feeling that Olympic spirit? Do you want a unique Hornets tee? Do you just want some straight up, you know, Charlotte pride gear? Like they have it all and you need to show some swag here in the QC. And with that 704 logo, and yes, that 704 shop is where you can get it. They have so many cool and unique designs. Absolutely love them. Now you've probably seen, you know, their shirts. They even have masks now, hats, popular logos around town. Even the mayor wears them. So everybody's wearing them. But let's learn a little bit about who are these guys? Where do they come from? What is their story and how did they create, you know, this amazing organization that has grown a lot in the last couple of years? Let's give a big hometown pride welcome to Scott, Jerry, and Chris. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Yeah, no problem. What a great introduction. <laughs> my, my man's that good at it. <laughs> yes, sir. That was outstanding. Yes, sir. We appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be here. We're so thankful you're here. Um, I, I mean, I think Brian used it a little lightly. I mean, everybody knows 704 Shop in Charlotte and and likely beyond. And we're we know your time's valuable and we're thankful you're here. So, and it's, it's very nice to see you guys. Um, how are things going? How, how, where are we? <laughs> you know, we, we've all been turned upside down in the small business world last year. And, uh, just curious on, on how things are going for you guys. I'm gonna let Scott go first. Cause I know he, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think things are going well. Um, if, if we're talking about the pandemic and, and how we navigated that, it was just, uh, we're lucky to have been building some relationships with some our own manufacturing and, and a lot of those are overseas and a lot of them were where they have been wearing masks for 20 years already so they already like we had access to people that understood the functionality of how a mask should work and they could do it quickly so we were kind of lucky to be able to be first to market especially in charlotte from a small business perspective, where it was like you couldn't get masks on Amazon or mm-hmm. or anywhere, and we uh, we struggled to get them here with supply chains and like the the amount of planes flying. But I mean, that probably saved our business. I don't know wh- where we would be without it. And I mean, as a result, we also had the biggest year we've ever had. Um, yeah, just trying to figure out how to solution engineer like what what are we going to do and how can we serve people. I was like, they, people need these masks. At the time, I mean, we drug our feet. It, it was probably, we had conversations internally. It was like, are, are Americans going to wear masks? And like, mm-hmm. I drug my feet for two or three weeks before we decided we were going to do it. And we took a big risk on the quantity. We thought we ordered way too many and they sold out in like 30 minutes. And it was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, we should have bought so many more. Yeah. So then we just turned the counter off and it was like, 
anybody want to put an order in, it was like, yep. go for it. It'll yeah. be here when it gets here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, you guys have built such an amazing local brand that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not from Charlotte. I moved here in 2010. I grew up in Atlanta, but I never had a connection to Atlanta. And it's amazing to see companies that not only create something that's so unique, but so unique to Charlotte that lets people that are from Charlotte know, like, this is home, right? Like, I have two kids here. I have my wife. Like, this is home to me. Like, I don't wear Atlanta gear. I wear Brave stuff. But like to me, I want to wear stuff for the QC. I want to represent Charlotte. I want to learn about that journey, how you guys even came up with this concept. Because I'm going to be honest, you know, we're in the branding world, right? I have a ton of people, at least three, four, five a month that reach out to me and go, I'm going to create a lifestyle brand. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> right. And I we sit there and I'm like, yeah, I bet you are. I bet you are. And look, I love the dream of that. I love the ambition behind that. But the reality is, is those people that have that idea think it's easy. They think people are they're going to sell a million shirts in a month. And they think they're going to be able to quit their corporate job because if anybody can sell T-shirts, I can sell T-shirts. There is so much more to that. And there's so much more, not only from a hustle standpoint, from building that brand. We want to know, first, let's talk about the beginning. Who came up with the crazy idea we're starting an apparel company. We're going to do badass designs, and that shit's going to work. <laughs> it was Scott. <laughs> but it wasn't – the way you said it yeah, wasn't yeah. how no. it worked. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, weren't yeah. trying to create a lifestyle brand. Cool. We were trying to make a shirt that you could wear to a Panthers or a Hornets game that wasn't made just, by the Panthers or the Hornets. And we just wanted the, – the logo was what – that's all we wanted to do It's just, like, have an alternative. Like, this, is, this represents – Right. Charlotte. Yep. Because you couldn't get a shirt that represented Charlotte at all unless you went to the airport and it's $10 crappy t-shirt. So I was like, all right. We tried for two years to get people to adopt our logo and they just wouldn't do it. It was it was yeah. pretty. I almost <laughs> quit like so many times. <laughs> and, and these guys and my wife specifically were like, you got to keep going. Yeah. So and we just eventually it it it. People noticed, and then um, we started. We pivoted, right? Yeah, we like pivoted. I remember, we started doing the graphic designs too. Um, and instead of leading like with the logo on the T-shirts, which is what we did right out the gate, it was like, all right, let's pivot and start doing more of like the you know like like different kind of graphic designs, cool designs mm -hmm. centered around Charlotte or the region or whatever, but um, not necessarily leading with our seven hundred four logo. And so then. You know, by the time we started doing like a, a, you know, you're talking about the hustle piece, we started doing a lot of pop-ups. Like me and Jerry, you know, when you were still in Pittsburgh and then when Scott would fly down and, you know, and then he moved down and we're all like, you know, almost every weekend working at a pop-up was at a pop-up, man. Like, and sometimes during the week we would do small events yeah, like uh, i did work. one at lineberger uh the orthodontist like <laughs> yeah. at his christmas party great it was like, people. Great i was people. in the corner with a you yeah. know set up doing t-shirts and he was like yeah man you can come and sell i was yeah. like all right, all right. i'm gonna come <laughs> had a great time but i remember that i remember those small you know just like go out and get it it didn't matter that it wasn't gonna be like you know three you know four or five hundred people there it was just like well, we're trying to get the word out about our brand. We're trying to build relationships the right way. Uh, we're trying to really be organic about it. And so it really wasn't about, you know, as long as we were available and somebody could do it, it's like we were there, you know. Um, are, are you guys, were you guys friends before? Because, you know, if you look back on your past, you know, Scott, you're a DJ, Jerry, a banker by trade. Like, how did this connection happen uh, from the beginning? Yeah, college, man. Yeah, uh, we've been friends for twenty years since college. Love right it. at UNC Charlotte. Love it. 
Um, and just to go back to what Chris was talking about, the pop-ups, I think we pivoted at the beginning and started trying to make relationships with people in the city. I think I, I still cross paths with people that I met when I was working at pop-ups yep. and, and it feels pretty cool. So we, we saw the importance of making friendships and meeting people and letting them know the word and because the logo was not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> people did, they just didn't get it. They didn't understand. For what it's worth now, you can't, we can't keep a logo t-shirt. Yeah. So right. it's, it kind of reversed yeah, it's, after it's the, the fact, but. Yeah. I mean, it's That's everywhere. Fantastic. It's everywhere. It you, you you can drive down Park Road. You, I guarantee you, from my ride home from today to my house, I promise you, I will see a 704 sticker That's on somebody's awesome. car. I mean, guaranteed. That's and then I'm gonna take a picture. Everyone. I'll let y'all know. I'm gonna send it to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing <laughs> I mean, a case study tonight. Funny, funny story. We was just in the office, uh, Jerry and I, the other day, and we found an uh, oh. a box full of envelopes where we did a campaign. I guess in our early days, like you know, it's like typewritten letters. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we're 704 shot. We mail them out to people. Here's here's a, here's one of our stickers. Uh, this is before this is before you know, kind of. I guess we like now it's exclusive. Like you, the only way you can get one of our stickers is to buy one of our products. Yep. And so, but in the early days, it was like we were really trying to get you know get the word out there. And I was like, man, we gotta keep. I'm like, I couldn't believe we found yeah. that that box of envelopes. That's with cool. that. You know what it was from? Yeah, I know what it was from. What was it? You from? remember we had to we were trying to build a newsletter. I was like, we got to yeah, build yeah. a newsletter. That's right. Yeah. And it was like everybody that signed up got a free sticker. Oh, and right. we mailed it to you. You gave us like it didn't cost you anything. We paid the postage. Like we got your your email address and and your. Physical, physical address, address and we so would we send you, you this sticker. Yeah. logo sticker and it was like 300 we paid like facebook whatever the facebook advertising fee. i don't remember how much we spent probably less than 100 bucks we got like 400 people and there was like that was the base nice. yeah. and that's how we started our newsletter now we got twenty six thousand people on it so exactly. wow when did you start when we start the newsletter or just just seven oh, the four shot when did you 2013 yeah. 13 mm -hmm. founding year i mean i guess somewhere in there huh yeah you're coming up on 10 us. years congratulations yeah, yeah, that, yeah. it's not yeah. easy to do it took us a couple of years to figure out <laughs> what, what we were doing, doing but uh, i think that's with any business so. yeah yeah you know i want to i want to chime in on on this we had a guy um a, a national uh, type of uh, of a presence. His name's Jay Acunzo, who has worked with ESPN. He was the head of content at HubSpot. He was just on our podcast, episode 199. Go back and check it out. One of the things that he talks about is social media, and he talks about how you grow your audience. And there's a lot of people that are out there right now wanting likes, comments, they want followers, but what they're they're missing out is the real core of how that marketing is going to work, and that's grassroots, right? That's creating that audience of 400 people that love you so much that they're going to put their sticker on the back of that car. They're going to wear that T-shirt, and ultimately you're creating what I believe the term he called it was like a super spreader. You're creating one person that wears that 704 shop, and then they tell all, t all 10 of their friends. Then those 10 tell the next 10, and then they all start to follow that. The only way you can do that is if you get people to love your brand at the beginning, and you get those people to be able to sell for you. You can spend money all day long. But the reality is, is that on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and any of those platforms, there's somebody that owns that. You don't own that platform, right? right. You're renting. Yep. You're renting to the landlord. So if you're not taking that platform and creating that into email contacts, creating that into addresses, creating that into the ability to directly market to them, then you are risking your business when you think that those social media platforms are out there for you. They're not out there for you. They're out there for the money. And I think you guys have figured that out. And, and it's so unique because a lot of people want to come in here and be like, oh, I'm going to create the 704 shop. 
Oh yeah, you ready to go to pop up shops for five years? <laughs> right? Are you right? Yeah. Everybody can sit here and say, Get yeah, ready. I put a T-shirt out there now and it sells in thirty minutes. But that's not how it was, right? You guys yeah. fell in love with the process. You fell in love with the journey, and uh, and that's what I think is so unique about your brand. So. I don't even have a question. That was just a props. I mean, that, 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 he, he definitely gets it though. That you know, does. I mean, we. I. I. I knew early on um, with social media. It was like before Instagram was really big, right? Instagram mm-hmm. was still growing. Like when we started, like Instagram was still in like the order that you posted things. It wasn't yeah. Like yeah. algorithm. Chronological. So like yeah. we knew that we could game the system that way, but even more so, like Facebook had already changed and like. Yep there were huge brands that built like these huge followings on Facebook and they turned it off with the light switch yep. and all of those brands like lost all of their following. Cause they didn't have any email addresses. And I had identified like people have to physically give you the wrong email or delete the email. Like they have to take an action. Like it's yeah. not like your email doesn't show you all your emails, right. like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. Like you're not going to see everything that gets sent your way to all of your followers, but mm-hmm. with email, you yep. have to open it, do something with it, or exactly. it stays in there and you got like 70,000 emails in your queue like I do on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, obviously, you, you know, the journey's great. I, I love that, that grassroots message. We've had so many really you know, successful people. One that comes to mind is Erin McDermott Jewelry, where she literally would go and sell her jewelry every single weekend at these fairs and, and, and just hustled. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone's like, oh, I wish I was Erin McDermott. You're like, but you don't even know the process that they went through, right? Yep. You guys got a little bit of success, and then you guys decided we're going to open up a brick and mortar. That, that's like the... The, the the ultimate leap, right? For for yeah. for a brand, right? You're now going in like you're you're in like this yeah. is the investment. Like, are y'all in? Because we're if we're all, all right, we're gonna let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about how how that went down and tell us how that experience has changed your business. I mean, we had been doing the uh, the Southern Christmas show for. I mean, I think that was kind of like our. I mean, that's first how we, foray into. Like, yeah, well, you guys had done the pop up shops, and we we learned that pe- we could sell a lot more in two hours at a setting up a table in South End somewhere than driving a week. bunch of people to our website. Like you, mm-hmm. you're competing with everyone to drive people to your website. But if you, I mean, we were front porch Sundays is a big thing now. When we start, like we were the one of the first vendors. There were five tables out there. It was us and like four other people. And yeah. I don't even remember. And I know Jordan, Jordan Dollar that does the the front porch Sundays. She was <laughs> she had her own little brand, and now she's kind of pivoted to um, running pop up shops as as a business. But um, I mean, it was like five people out there, and like we hope people walked over yeah. from Sycamore. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of like the way right. <laughs> that it worked. But we yeah. would make so much more money in that two or three hours there, and it was like every time we did it. Like we would promote a pop-up shop on social media and then like people would come to that versus buy it online. So we're like, people want to shop in person. So let's figure out how to do that more. Yeah. And kind of work our way up from there. Yeah. And we, I mean, you know, along the way we really built a reputation, you know what I mean? Like for kind of bringing our own following to a pop-up, right? Just, I guess, you know, there was so much, I guess gravity around our business when we would go into a pop-up and we would promote the fact that we were going to do a pop-up. In fact, we had gotten so busy with pop-ups, we would we had to start publishing a list like in the newsletter or on our on our website like 
here's the pop-up schedule guys like because people would constantly be emailing us like where are you guys gonna be this weekend like or are you guys doing anything this weekend are you gonna be set up anywhere during the week so when we would when you know all of us would if, if the pop-up started at 10 o'clock we would have a line at like 9 30 9 45 like people like in line and some people would be like hey man can i just go ahead and buy the shirt i, kn- I know you got a new release because you already <laughs> teased it like that's why i'm here i'm here to get the new release because i know i can't get it on the website until like tuesday and it's probably going to be sold out in my size so i'm here early you know so we kind of we kind of you know drove that traffic and kind of became known for you know uh you know you just it was like it was like you you had to come to the pop-up like yep. so it was like and from, again that that whole super fan thing yeah. you know and from all of that right we we got together and said okay we know we can be successful in the pop-up but now we want to be able to control the atmosphere and the experience and that's where we decided okay it's gonna be a lot but let's commit to a brick and mortar um, where we can control everything and we can give the experience to our customers that we want yeah um so I don't think it was a hard sell for us, but we knew we had to do it. Yeah. Has that proved to be a good move? Yeah. 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 I think I think so. I mean, I mean, I don't think it gets any better than being, you know, like like where we are. I mean, we're right in the heart of South End, like one of the fastest growing areas of the city, especially in terms of retail and um, you know, it's just so much kind of energy around the area. So, you know, that obviously benefits us. Um Hate to see prices close, you know. Oh yeah, man, that's big, big you know, bad news. It's, it's, that's you know, fantastic neighbor and just yep. all the history and culture that they bring to the region. But, um, but yeah, it's been good. I think you know. Oh, this is where I was going earlier. You know, um, uh, with the Southern Christmas show, it's like, I mean, it's a it's a pop up technically for us, um, but it's like eleven days or so. Um, after a few years of that being incredibly successful for us, we did the 45 day pop up at the epicenter um around you know February March kind of CIAA going into like St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day I believe um and that was like incredibly successful um and we saw like you know like oh like this is this can work for us and you know you know we also we were getting a lot of emails around again still people being like well where are you guys going to be around the pop ups and so it was like we felt like maybe, you know, at least in some part, we were leaving some money on the table by not being immediately available for people because not not everybody's got the time necessarily to wait. You know, we'll be like, well, you know, you can always just order it on the website and we'll ship it. We ship pretty fast. You'll have it pretty fast. But sometimes people just want to interact with it and get it like right now. So I think therein lies the the kind of next evolution of looking for you know, retail space, and Scott was, you know, kind of led that, that effort for us. a big part of it. Oh, well, go the ahead. Fill in the gap, process. Our inventory got too big, and we didn't want to carry all that. Yes. <laughs> it was yeah. a pain. The answer's here. The pop-ups yeah. was, like, we can't take this shit everywhere. Beast mode, man. Like, <laughs> well, and then God, the customers would come for a specific yeah. thing, oh, yeah. we couldn't take everything that we right. had, right. Right. and then they would be upset, and their experience started being like negative right and, i mean it was there was so many different things that pushed us into it because like pop-ups got so big and then there was a lot of uh you know other brands that uh, want to do a similar thing and then you're all out at a, a pop-up shop and like you become the median of like whatever that product is and if we're serving the best and we think that we're the best and somebody's putting t-shirts out like on a lower quality blank or just lower quality in general like 
the average consumer doesn't understand the difference of your shirts underneath this 10 by 10 tent and this one right next door sure. is like they're selling Charlotte shirts and they're selling Charlotte shirts. There's a $10 and there's a 35. Now let me get the $10 one because I can get three of them. Or, I mean, it just mm-hmm. became like, let's, we became too big and we wanted to have uh, more controlled experience around like we're, we're mm-hmm. making premium products and the pop-up like experience wasn't really conveying it the way right. we wanted to to show it to people like so you said like, you can control yeah. it now you can control your environment and your margins and your brand and and it is maybe at this point different than the pop-up scenario right uh you've evolved or you know oh yeah it's way i mean what we're doing now is way different than what we were doing we were just we had no idea what we were doing when we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, we let's had try some it. idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. Like that was the truth. We're like, I mean, we knew that we wanted to put like, you know, at the time it was like, tribalins are the best thing of all time. And now you can't get me to wear a tribaline t-shirt. We still sell them. Our customers love them. Chris is wearing one right now. He still, still, still loves my it. favorite. But I fell in love with a hundred percent cotton because you can beat it up forever. And yeah. like there are no vintage t-shirts. Like vintage t-shirts are the the trend right now. People are paying three hundred dollars to rock a Metallica t-shirt. They're 14 years old, don't know who Metallica is. But none of those shirts are on blends. Those are yep. cotton t-shirts. Yeah. Those are the ones that are gonna last you for 30 years. So we've kind of like yeah. <clears throat> moved into that. It's a longer process. You can do a lot more print styles on it and mm-hmm. you can do a lot more with it. So it's just I fell in love with the development of products and cut and sew and like kind of fusing streetwear with a bunch of different styles of fashion. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a moving target in evolution and like, let's be creative and see what works. So yeah. awesome. you guys mentioned, and, and this word's been said at least seven times <laughs> in the last couple of minutes, experience. And I remember in 2015, we were in Vegas at our industry trade show, and one of the speakers was Johnny Cupcakes. And I don't know if you've ever yep, heard of Johnny yep. Cupcakes. I'm glad you have. So the, the main message that he had in 2015 was not only creating an experience each and every time, but creating something that people want and creating a, a basically the maximum amount that I'm going to put out there, right? So I'm only doing 100 T-shirts, right? And then he just announces a pop-up in the middle of New York City at this one block, and his fans are crazy. To the point where people are running up there buying these and then selling them on eBay for three, four, or five hundred dollars. The reason is because he's created that type of, uh, of of vibe, right? He's created the passion that people want that so bad that they have to have it. Great things that artists do. Why do artists put zero of 100, one of 100, two of 100? Because they want you to think that there's only 100 prints, and damn, I better buy that right now. Now you guys have created that, right? You, and now you get to control that experience. So what I'm getting at with this is. You guys are at a point now where you're coming up with really cool designs, right? Every time I see something out there, I'm like, that, that's dope. I, that's awesome. Like, I mean, it's just, it's like, where do they come up with the ideas? So my first part of that question is, how do you guys come up with the, de- the designs? And then what are we, like, what's the future of 704? You I take the I'm design. Take yeah, take the design. <laughs> you're the designer. You're the designer, brother. So um, I don't know how to answer that because it's not the, it's never the same. We kind of have a there's a spreadsheet that's super boring, but it's like just <laughs> ideas of like whatever comes into mind. And a day I write it down on the spreadsheet, and I'll like when I get stuck creatively, I'll go to the spreadsheet and I'm like, what's on the spreadsheet? And it might be, um, I don't know. Give me a like, what's your favorite design, and I can kind of tell you like how it came up with. 
I like. I mean, I love the Hornets designs. Anything that you like, yeah. Queen City hoops and like the things that you've done. Okay, with that so is sweet. Queen City hoops, like that one. That one's so weird to me, actually, because like <laughs> I didn't think it was that great. I was just kind of like, all right, we we did a, a design um, early on. It was called Minimal Hornet, and we kind of used yeah. um, the basketball as a thorax of of a horn of a hornet, and like people really loved it. I was like, well, let's revisit that. And but Minimal Hornet was like <clears throat> monoline. Um, which means all the lines are the same weight for everybody that doesn't understand what monoline is. Um, I know we're on a podcast and you can't visually see it. So, but um, Queen City Hoops is basically minimal Hornet, but like the inverse of that yep. and like a different version of it. I mean, I was just like, they loved it so much. I don't want to re-release this thing that has done really well. We get requests for it all the time. We might bring it back at some point, but um. I was just kind of throwing it out there. We were, I mean, supply chain is so wonky right now. Yep. So we're trying to figure out like, all right, we're not going to be able to do what I, the, the, the stuff that I want to create. So let's create something that I know people want and there's demand for, and we, this can kind of hold us over until we can get to the, the next iteration of where we're going. So yeah. How long is that process from from idea to to print? Like from idea to I can buy that product. Mm. How quickly do you guys turn that around? It's different. For I mean, most of the time, a couple of months, maybe. Okay. So, I mean, but if I had an idea today, I could technically I could put it into production today and get it next week. But you got to pay through the nose and rushing fees, yeah. and you got to be able to sort. Like if you're doing it that way, you got to source a blank. We don't always source blanks now. Sometimes. We're, we've got our own blanks or it's cut and sew. So it cut and sew is a lot longer. So yeah. it's like eight, eight to 12 months for that stuff. So yeah, for sure. Okay. What about your, uh, your Instagram? So it's phenomenal. I mean, all of the marketing and the, not only <laughs> the apparel is amazing, but the pictures <laughs> are amazing. Who, who is in charge of that? <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. tee y'all up over here, man. Come yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'll tee you up for these guys. Right. I love. I love this part though because it's like finally we get to like put yeah. him on. He's always at yeah, his desk doing designs and working and, and grinding it out and putting the you know spending all the time and then Jerry and I are out doing the public speaking and doing all of this and. So now it's your time to shine, brother. Taste, Here you go. Man. Let's go. <laughs> um, I looked at what my favorite streetwear brands do, like, and it was kind of like, all right, my favorite streetwear brands do it this way, and I'm super drawn to it, and like, let's do our version of that yep. because, like, I don't know. A lot of times on social media, it seems like a lot of brands go at it like this begging mentality, like, please come support us, and like. Please, 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 yeah. please. And it's like, it feels year. desperate. And it's like, 100%. I don't want to be desperate. I'm like, let's give them information. Like, this is what we're doing. We're not asking for permission. Like, mm -hmm. we're doing <clears throat> this. If you want this stuff, mm -hmm. come and get it from us. We'll sell it to you. But like, <laughs> right. I don't need to tell you that we're going to sell it to you. It's, this releases at this time and you can get it online at eight and you can come to our store at 11. Yep. I mean, if you want to, it's there for you. And if it mm -hmm. doesn't, we don't sell out of everything. Um, sometimes we have flops just like everybody else. So it's like, we just kind of stay the course. And, and the idea is like, let's present it the, the cleanest and mm -hmm. most aesthetically pleasing. So you can understand that this is like, we took some time. We didn't throw it on the floor and take a picture of it or hang it on a hanger and like take a picture of it. And it's kind of like, 
I don't know. It feels a lot of times that feels sloppy. So it's just like be intentional about the way that you're presenting something. This stuff is special to us. Like let's present it. So it's special. Right. It's like <clears throat> if you, I mean, you can cook a filet mignon and put it on a trash can and like, <laughs> it's still filet mignon, but like, yeah, yeah. But it ain't the same. It's might not want it. Power's in the presentation. I want yeah. to shift real quick. You guys uh, all went to UNCC and, and UNCC is, is a great school. that's continuing to grow, but they, they love you guys and they've showed you guys a lot of love. There's been a lot of articles about uh, your college. I, I feel that that's got to be such a cool moment because there's so many graduates of UNCC. There's so many people that have done great things, but yet you guys get kind of that recognition. And it's kind of like, wow, like I was just a student there, but now like my entire university, which is going to be a massive university mm-hmm. if it's not already. Um, how does that feel? And, and what kind of doors have that opened up? Cause I know you, you've done some speaking down there. You guys have been very engaged, not only with the university to give back, but they've also been very you know, receptive for you as well. I mean, you know, <clears throat> people always, that's a great question because it really goes back like a number of years um, just in terms of being involved um, with the university on, you know, uh, on many different levels through board service or volunteerism. Um, you know, we, you know, between myself and, and the business, we have two scholarships that we, uh, you know, for underprivileged students um, that we have there. So it's, it's, it's a great relationship. I mean, we we just went and practiced with the um, the men's basketball team like yesterday. They they invited us out, and I mean, you know, we got cooked out there, but uh, it, 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 it was fun. They better cook uh, you. you know, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Uh, but it, you know, the the, the uh, it was great for the athletics program to be so gracious to allow us that kind of access and gave us like a private tour of like the facilities and you know top notch you know weight uh, you know weightlifting facilities and all this, you know, train, training facilities. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great relationship, man. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's super cool to meet other alumni. Like I was in a GNC just the other day, I was going to pick up some more protein or whatever. And the young lady who was working cheers for UNC Charlotte. And so she had like a Charlotte cheer on. I was like, I said, I said, did you cheer for UNC Charlotte? And she was like, well, I'm still a student. I'm, I'm cheering right now. I said, oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I went to graduated from UNC Charlotte. And she was like, oh, I saw um, your 704 on your on your shirt. And I said, oh, well, I'm co-owner of 704 shop. She was like, what? Like, that's insane. Like, we, I see a lot about you guys' business and everything. So um, just really getting that love in the community. Um, you know, having the university kind of invest that equity in our business and try to, you know, really push our story has been has been really cool. Like what what, you know, Mike Hill kind of said it best yesterday. He was like, you know, we were the university asked us to be part of their brand, their uh, rebrand last year. And they rolled it out um, in June, I think it was. Um, and they asked us to be a part of that, you know, because it was important for them to be aligned with us in that way. Um, with us being not only alumni, but us having an, a, a business in the city that's designed, you know, that's, you know, an apparel kind of really got a strong following. He was like, you just couldn't, you can't write that kind of stuff. It was right. like perfect. So it's, it's, it's been really good. I'll, I'll let you guys kind of chime in if you want to add anything, but it's been great. I mean, I think you know. Really? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do want to ask, I want to, I want to shift here. So you, you guys, Thomas Davis is like one of your biggest fans. You even have a shirt that says Thomas Davis is really good at football. Yeah. <laughs> Which how bad, I mean, look, like 
That's awesome. You're an NFL player. You can wear whatever you want. And a local apparel, like, just brand creates a shirt like that. Y'all, y'all tell me the story. How do you know them? Yeah, How did that get connected? And and it's so cool to see professional athletes that can wear whatever they want. You know, still be committed to supporting the community, supporting something local, and falling in love with something that clearly you guys decided well, we're going to make a shirt that says Thomas Davis is really good at football. So tell me that story. Yeah, Scott, you okay. drive uh, it. Because uh, <laughs> I was we, like, what? We just- We've reached out about like he's got a foundation, right? Yep. Like we didn't make that shirt, and then he just chose to put it on. That's not probably looks like that, but that uh, <laughs> we reached out to his foundation. We're like, hey, let's can we help you guys raise money for your foundation? Um, and uh, we worked with his wife Kelly, and I was like, she's like, all right, let's make a shirt. Like, what should the shirt be? And like, she had some ideas. I was like, we should literally just write Thomas Davis is really good. <laughs> right. And she was like. Do you think people will buy that? I'm like, absolutely, people will buy that. <laughs> These guys were like, what? I was and like, huh? Oh, Where did that, how did that come about? Like, It'll work, especially if we can get him to wear it and take a photo of it. Yep. And yeah. then, so we, and that story is so crazy because we yeah. went there and like the whole time we're there, TD is in a terrible mood. I think he just hates me. I just need to get the photo. And he's just like, he's in a bad mood. And I was like, man, that didn't go at all the way that I thought. Well, right after we left, we didn't even get off the stadium. And like tweets started coming out, tagging us. He had walked into a press conference because he was having to talk about a fine that like he did an illegal hit that wasn't an illegal hit. And he was all like, they fined him $48,000 or something like that. So he had to go talk about that after the fact. We didn't. He didn't tell us that. One, he didn't tell us he was going to wear the shirt that we were doing the photo <laughs> shoot for into the press conference. Awesome. Like, and then it's on ESPN, and like the shirt got knocked off like immediately. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. then we had to like <laughs> move. We now. weren't planning on releasing it until Sunday because I think there was a game on Sunday, and that's how, the way we were gonna. It was gonna be a special release, so we ended up releasing it like early so we could stop the people from like, you know, knocking it off and. Because all the money was going back to, all the profit was going yeah. back to his foundation. Right. Then, like, um, we got relationships with, with with several. I mean, several former Panthers now. I mean, uh, so Kwan Short is a good good friend of ours, and um, we went to a, a fundraising event with with him uh, right before the pandemic hit, actually. And TD was there, and and um, I I reintroduced myself to him because, you know, he sees so many people, and I was like, hey, man. Uh, thanks again for the, the for partnering with us. Like people still ask about the shirt. He's like, man, you know how many people ask me about that shirt all the time. <laughs> like he's like, do you have any more of them? Um, no, but th- we know where to get them. <laughs> yeah, um, but so it was like between him and and the the relationship we have with with Steve Smith, uh, which is like so mind blowing for us. Like we have an ongoing relationship with with Steve and his his team over there and they started a podcast. I don't know if you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Gerard heard. was on our podcast. Yeah. They're awesome. Gerard, yeah. Gerard, like yeah. it's like people. family. So like yep. we, um, whatever they need, they've, they've like, Hey, Steve wanted to do, he was going to retire into the hall of honor. And he's like, I want to make an X clown shirt. And I'm like, and he asked us to do it. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah. Make an X clown <laughs> shirt. Are you crazy? Awesome. Like, so it's just kind of been organic. We've been supporting like their mission. So, and and it's not been it's been mutually beneficial we don't go to them and like ask them like i never ask them for anything really they it's them asking if 
if we can help them with their things and and we do that and we try and protect their the relationship it's special to us so like they get hit up so often by people constantly with their hand out and and if you watch how they interact with other people it's always like can i get something can i get an autograph yeah, right. take a picture with me and i'm like as long as we just are organic about it, um, I think the, the relationship will go a lot further and, and it's more meaningful to them because we don't have our hand out. Yeah. We're grateful for everything that they do, like yeah. work with us on. But I mean, that's how we approach all of our relationships, not just with yeah. NFL players, but like any like yeah. with the city, with um, I mean, share Charlotte with I mean, yeah. we want to be contributing <clears throat> like worthwhile meaningful and intentional like efforts into everything that we're doing and if we can't do that we don't take on the projects so love it I, it seems like you you started grassroots with b2c right like directly to consumers and now you're moving more into not only that but also b2b type scenarios is that is that something you're exploring and looking to grow as as you move forward we're growing. I mean, that's what Chris does. Yeah. So yeah. B to B. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's twofold. It's both of us, but yeah, we're we're behind the scenes. We do a lot of a lot of B to B. I mean, we don't yeah. promote it really because it's not it's not something that I think that our core customer really cares about. Mm-hmm. So like B to B is different for us. But like what we find is like a lot of our our corporate clients that we do branding or design work for like. They have designers in house, but they there is such a nuance to making physical products. Like I don't come from making. I'm not a graphic designer. I figured out Illustrator. I had quit my job and figured out Illustrator. Like <laughs> after I quit, it right. was like, oh, thank no. God he like, figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I know what I want to wear, but like there's such a nuance to like the smallest details on a, a graphic design that works beautifully on like a website or a postcard or, or something digital, yeah. like looks like clip art on a t-shirt it does not look like something that you should wear so like you kind of have to have an eye for it and you it's very difficult to explain what works why something works on a shirt but it or not right yeah. ups is here so yes <laughs> <laughs> we left a door open yeah. sorry guys <laughs> it might get a little skin oh, in the background well i love what uh what you what you just said right there i mean we're in the branding world as well and it's all about education <laughs> right but it's also all about challenging the companies that you work for to educate them on what you can do but also show them what you can do right mm-hmm. you guys already have that creative and, and i know you guys have done some stuff with movement we do a lot of things with movement and jake over there crazy group um they're awesome <laughs> yeah. but like that's you said it now that yeah hey <laughs> jake, jake sat right there i probably called his ass crazy on here as well but but like they get it right they even i, I don't know, know if you guys made the shirt though. but it said <clears throat> It said we're an apparel company that sells mortgages. Oh, that's right, Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I asked him, I was like, "Who's that for? Like, who's that for?" For Jake. That's for Jake's TikTok. That was for Jake's TikTok. You're right. Well, y'all, thank you so much for for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Um, 704 Shop. Like I always say, you know, go, you know, check them out. Like, share, comment. Go check out their brick and mortar. Uh, this is a local business that is somebody that you know. Not only you can feel proud to to wear their gear, but you represent what they do and and they do a lot for our community a lot of things behind the scenes they mentioned one thing that's so important we're not out here for the attention we're not out here begging you for your business and they're also not going to go out there and promote all the great things they do behind the scenes 
but know that that's happening and know that when you spend your money with 704 Shop, you're supporting those scholarships at UNCC. You're supporting underprivileged kids. You're supporting the charities that they're representing. And that is important. And that's what makes our city amazing. Uh, and I honestly can't think of a better group to represent this city than 704 Shop. I really appreciate what you guys have brought to the table. Uh, I can't wait to I always see like the new designs. I'm not going to say I buy everything. But at the same time, uh, you guys have some really great gear. And, I mean, you're even wearing the Queen City shirt that was posted 16 hours ago. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, came out today. that's solid. <laughs> yes, like, that's sir. that's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but thank you guys so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. We appreciate uh, it. It's been, for honor, us, it's been an honor to be here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. T- until next time, you are listening to the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.